Welcome back to San Halen. Let the tasty licks flow. San Halen featuring Mark Zander on guitar. Brian Hanley on more guitar. Even I'm playing guitar. And vocals too. San Halen on Chicago's home for rock. I mean sports. ESPN Chicago. And welcome in to Xander Hanley and ESPN 1000. And uh, we're here for the next hour before the Bears pregame show with uh, Jeff Meller and Dion Miller. Here I am. And here I am. There you are. Hi, Brian. There you are. How are you? How, I'm, I'm almost late to the uh, short party that we have first going time, on here on long a Sunday time, morning. First time, long time, long time, first time? Yeah, yeah, dialing? all of that. All of yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> 312. Uh, so- Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to jump on in, hey Mark, I uh, I love that we're actually having hot stove baseball talk for the first time in a couple of years. You know, last year, last off season, we had the lockout, so teams weren't doing yeah. anything, and I know nothing really got done in Las Vegas because Thursday was the first day you could actually start exchanging numbers and and ideas on contracts, but. I mean, just the rumors floating around. Jose Abreu coming to the north side. I, I, I needed to check your uh, your heart rate on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the rumors are exciting. That one, I'm not so excited about. But look, yeah, you know, if if he stays in Chicago, it'll be hurtful to see him wearing cubby blue. But it'll still be nice to have him in the city. I know that's a little weird. I know I'm straddling the fence, and and that's okay. I was born on the north side. I grew up on the south side. I get to do that. Um, my team is the White Sox. And, but this is interesting, right? SI is reporting, that's uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, that Vaughn could be used as a trade piece. And we have interest in uh, Sean Murphy, the catcher from the Oakland A's. Very, very talented catcher. So if that happens... And then what do you do with Yasmani? Does Abreu stay with the team? Look, look, I, I know Abreu has uh, elected to go a free agency, but anything can happen. And you're right, it's very exciting. It's so much, so much nicer than it was this time last year because, you know, we had COVID that we had to deal with and then the lockout. It was just really not good for baseball fans. But, yeah, this is fun. There are a lot of things floating around. You've got a Twitter poll about what the Cubs might do. And I'm wondering if Vaughn's going to be a trade piece this winter. We'd love to hear from you, uh, uh, Sox fans, Cub fans, 312-332-3776, because, you know, all the GMs are playing coy. I loved Rick Hahn talking when he started getting asked about Abreu going to the Cubs and and Contreras, and he said, I'm not talking about Cubs. Uh, you know, and he said, you want to talk about the Cease Eloy deal? I mean, uh, touche. It was, you know, funny. He'd still, you know, take the victory right. lap on that deal. But, you know, the Cubs are rumored – and again, you go back to Jed Hoyer. We're going to spend money intelligently. Which I do. You really have to say that. I mean, I would hope anytime if you're spending two hundred million dollars or two million dollars, you want to spend it intelligently, right? I, I mean, I don't. Does even it know sound what that like means. he's a little sensitive about that question? Yeah, I, I just I don't know what that means. As a Cub fan, all you really want to worry about is how much you're going to, how how active are you going to be? Once again, you have a a premier elite shortstop class that would improve uh, any team, you know, necessarily, certainly the Cubs. And whether it's Trey Turner or, or if it's Carlos Correa or up and down you go, I mean, 
I love the odds out there. You got Correa, it's three to one to land on the Cubs, according to odds makers. Dansby Swanson is five to one. Uh, Trey Turner and uh, Xander Bogarts come in at seven to one each. Um, not exactly three to two or odds on that the Cubs, but I mean, they, they have the money certainly. And why, you know, why wouldn't you take a swing at one of those guys and, and, and improve your rebuild and accelerate your rebuild? And right. That, that would me, seem intelligent, right? Based on what yeah. he said. I mean, for outside looking in, any one of those choices would be intelligent. Again, we don't spend the money. It's not our pocketbook. So they have to make sense of that, but know that the Cub fans will be pretty upset if they don't make a big splash. Yeah, and I I would like to know how Cub fans feel about the possibility of Jose Abreu ended up at first for a couple of years anyway because we know right. you know uh, they're not going to give him a, a four or five year deal. They might give him uh, a three year deal with an opt out after two, or just maybe a two year with the you know sweeten the pot uh, with a little bit more money. But I mean, I love it. Sully, our buddy Paul Sullivan, wrote you know in his column that uh, DJ LeMahieu would be a guy you could get in trade from the Yankees since they have to free up money for Aaron Judge. And mm-hmm. uh, he's got a return he's got, to the north side. Yeah, which, you know, Theo, that was one of Theo's worst trades uh, for Ian Stewart. Um, but DJ LeMahieu is um, four years and $60 million and he's 34 years old. It would make some sense. And Matt Mervis is in the wings, but uh, Jed basically said they're not giving him that job full-time since he went, you know, to hot from high A, I mean, he, he made a great leap this past season, but they're not ready to, to hand over first base on the north side to him. So a lot of things going on. But I just love hot stove baseball. Again, I, I'm not, I know nothing really got done. But the fact that it was in Vegas, you know, made it a little sexier. And certainly every beat guy in the world loves off-season meetings in Vegas. Um, but uh, it was fun. It was fun. And, and it's fun talking baseball and wondering because both sides of town have moves they should make and, and moves they need to make. And uh, we'll find out which GM, you know, Rick Hahn has kind of, I don't know, tampered expectations, tamped them down a bit, saying we're going to go the trade route more than free agency. But who knows? Maybe maybe he's playing poker. Maybe he's, you know, he's trying to, to lay in the weeds a little bit and he'll surprise someone in free agency. Well, you know, we've heard the rumors of uh, – I've seen them all week about how – Payroll is going to stay the same on the south side, which kind of leans into that whole we're going to probably more be more active in trade talks than we will free agency. But, again, I would love to know that he's just playing poker because, um, you know, uh, Reinsdorf has to – he has to get with uh, – he has to get with the uh, uh, program of, of others – uh, the way they run their teams and, and spend a little more money because you see what we're up against in the central. And, and, and again, we have the team that uh, should and could do something, but you know, with, with a new manager, uh, we still need the right players in the right positions. Uh, how about AJ Pollock? No, thank you. Uh, which I think is, is a good thing. I, I don't think he set the world on fire on the South side. He had people that were a fan, you know, they liked what he did. He did okay. He certainly did not come in and, and take uh, the bull by the horns, as it were, as we thought maybe he would have. So we're free of him. We're free of Josh Harrison. Elvis Andrews will probably end up somewhere, as will uh, Jose Abreu again, unless they make some kind of trade and leave room for Jose to stay. I want to ask you this, Brian, being a Cub fan. Any chance you would want to see Rizzo back? Now, he elected not to stay with the Yankees. 
which was a big surprise to me. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I don't. Is he going to be here when they're ready to, to contend, not just for a division, but try to win a World Series? I, I, I've closed the chapter on that. I know Twitter and Cub fans are just pining for Anthony Rizzo. Bring Riz back. Oh, he's the face of the team. Well, he was, but he's not anymore. Um, my guess is that they're going to try to keep him in in the Bronx, and and he'll probably work out some you know some deal there. Oh, you think um, so? Okay. Yeah, I, I I I would. I mean, I really. If you're not going to get Jose Abreu, and and in a Sox fan, are you okay with? Trading Andrew Vaughn to to correct your catching situation, and I, I mean, at that at this age, uh, I, uh, you know, I guess I thought at the end of the season he's moving to first, and Jose Abreu's moving on, and right. there wasn't much question about it. But yeah. obviously, Grandal is not marketable, uh, Mancada is not marketable, so you have to get creative here. But as a Sox fan, are you, are you okay with dealing Andrew Vaughn? Yeah, you know, look, I not not I, I don't want to lose him, but I know we have to do something big to shake things up. And you know, he might be the only way to get that done. Now I'm not sure what that looks like, and I certainly uh would like to see if he is dealt uh just a no brainer type trade. But as as I said when the season ended, to me, Cease is the only untouchable. Uh, probably Luis Robert as well. Uh, the rest of them, okay, what can we do? And and you see Lucas Giolito, who at one point was probably untouchable, is rumored to be uh, on the trade block as well. So although I don't like the idea of losing Andrew Vaughn, what can we get for him? Are we going to be able to really turn something like that into a team changer? I, I don't know. I don't know. And certainly I do buy into the fact that he was misused. So maybe he didn't have the endurance at the end of the year. And, and Rick Hahn even said what we have talked about this past week at the GM meetings, that he felt that Andrew Vaughn, because he was misused in the field, probably cut into his offensive potential toward the end of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and again, it's just the idea that um, both sides of town have – to-do lists, and I think in general we know what they are, but now we get down to business where the GMs yeah, both have to are a lot to-do lists. It's a lot absolutely, to do Absolutely, absolutely. So 312-332-3776 if you want to jump on in and represent your team in this town and tell us what you like. Uh, are the Cubs going to be active? I, I love you know the fact with Trey Turner. It's like, oh, okay, he goes from the Dodgers, or no, he stays with the Dodgers. No, he goes to Philadelphia. And he reunites with Bryce Harper. And then, uh, well, if he doesn't do that, then Bogarts goes from Boston to reunite with uh, Dave Dombrowski. And, I mean, it's just everyone's – it's going to come down to how many years and how much money. It's not going to be yep. – I mean, maybe the, the Trey Turner, Bryce Harper has some legs. I don't think Bogarts – I would see him staying in Boston, the only team he's played for, before I think he cared to reunite with a, a G, with a GM. I mean, I don't know, you know how how much – uh, feel good that is, right? I, I mean, I get the former teammates, and Bryce Harper could sell him on what's going on in Philadelphia, and we saw it, obviously, in the World Series. Um, they didn't get the, the job done, but they got there. So um, Carlos Correa, what you know, what does he do? And where He would be a perfect fit. Dansby Swanson would be a perfect fit on, on the uh, north side, too. 
So they all make sense, certainly for the Cubs, and we know they have the money. Um, and maybe if they get Jose Abreu, you'll you'll get the Marquee Network, and you'll start watching just because of Jose. Maybe not. I don't. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That's why they made highlights on YouTube. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I cannot warrant spending money on the Marquee Network, and I know that's the future for every baseball team likely to have their own network to where you have to spend money upon the money you already spend to see your favorite team. But they're not doing that yet on the south side, and I'm okay with it. 312-332-3776. I know Cap brought that up to Bob Nightingale on on his uh, NBC Sports Chicago show and and asked about Aaron Judge coming to the north side just because of Marquee, right? Because the the TV ratings were were down considerably this year because – there wasn't a whole lot to, to see there, no matter how much they tried hard in the second half. They lacked for star power, but I would I would be shocked if the Cubs ponied up what Bob Nightingale said would be four years and about $200 million to get the conversation started on Aaron Judge. Yeah, that would, that would, that would really turn the Northsiders upside down to get, in such a good way to get him. But, yeah, that's a tall, tall well, literally a tall guy, but a tall challenge to get Aaron Judge here to Chicago. And hey, before we, before right. we get to, before we get to yeah. break, let's throw those Twitter polls out there. You can uh, okay. follow Mark at Xander Rocker. One word, one R in the middle. You check yep. me out at at Brian Hanley five three four. Also at ESPN one thousand. We have two Twitter polls today. Cup fans, what's most likely uh, for the Northsiders to do? It's sign a uh, big time shortstop. Uh, sign Jose Abreu. Both or neither. And we do have a Bears game today. And, and you know, the, the darling of the NFL is Justin Fields and all those guys who are saying how the team sucked offensively and were the worst in the, in Hello, the league going into the season. Yeah. Now, now they're all the, you know, Justin Fields is a combination of Lamar Jackson and, and everyone you can think of. Uh, but God bless him. Our other Twitter poll question is, the Bears are now an offensive juggernaut uh, with 94 points the last three games. Today, the over-under on points for the Bears, 25.5 points. What is the bet? Are they going to go over or under the point total posted in Las Vegas? 312-332-3776. Jump in on the Twitter polls. Jump in here. We'll be right back to take your phone calls. This is ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. It is Xander and Hanley, ESPN 1000 on Sunday morning, 312-332-3776. If you want to jump in and join the conversation here till the top of the hour and Bring you up to uh, Bears pregame with uh, Jeff and Dion. And um, interesting, here come the Bears hosting the Detroit Lions. And um, Mark Zander, the, the Bears in the last three weeks have doubled their, their points on average from about 15 and change to 31 and change. And I guess the, the question now is, there a higher ceiling yet to be found by this uh this quarterback in Justin Fields and the uh, offense now that Chase Claypool will have his first, what, he have 26 snaps last week? Mm-hmm. Um, I did see that Vegas posted 35 and a half yards, receiving yards for Chase Claypool with a shade to the over. I thought that was a low number, especially given the fact that the Detroit's defense is 
about the worst in the league, 32nd overall in, in total defense, and five receivers have had games of more than 100 yards receiving. I'm not sure that Chase Claypool breaks the century mark today, but that number seemed awful low to me because I would expect that he's going to be much more involved today, especially against the, this defense, which is not very good. Right, and, and this is the team that beat Green Bay, and that has made my week all week. I just would wake up and think, oh, my God, the Lions beat the Packers. And I have friends up there, and they're none too happy. That, that's a slap in the face. Uh, they have one that we enjoy here if you're a Bears fan. But, no, I agree with you. I think that, uh, I think that uh, on the poll that you uh, put on, up on Twitter today, uh, I'll take the over on that, and I think uh, Chase is going to have a better day than that. You know, Justin Fields, I, I just read here, and, and, and I don't even know who to attribute this to, but the headline just grabbed me. Justin Fields is called a supersized, turbocharged Jalen Hurts. What a what a development. I, I mean, how many weeks ago was it that we were thinking, mm, I'm not sure he's our quarterback. And, and right. everybody nationally was saying the same thing. Now you have people like Mike Marks before we went into the break, just ripping the Bears to shreds. Now he wants to praise them. I mean, we really don't care what Mike Marks has to say, really. But I think it's just really ridiculous how uh, how this has turned for the good. And, and the ridiculous part being that everybody just wanted to make a determination on him when it was just too early to do so. Well, look, and we knew that he uh, Justin Fields could run. But unfortunately, early on in the season, he was running out of necessity, and sometimes mm-hmm. he was running because he was seeing ghosts, and he thought he needed to, to get out of the pocket when he actually had some time to make something happen. So now Luke Getze and Justin Fields, who, you know, uh, Luke Getze, the, the offensive coordinator, talked about basically tuning out the noise, good and bad, and in the meeting room after that performance offensively against the Dolphins, when everyone nationally started talking on Bears buzz about uh, Justin Fields and the offense, they have to kind of make sure that they don't get taken up in that and get the, you know, their heads swell a little bit um, because they have to continue. I mean, the, I guess the, the question for me is how important is this game today? Not because it's a division game, because neither of these teams are going to win the division. It looks like the Vikings almost have it wrapped up because, as you alluded to, the Packers' first five-game losing streak since Aaron Rodgers' first year as quarterback up there, mm-hmm. and they're only averaging 17 points a game, and he threw three interceptions inside the five last week. Um, I mean, how quickly is that team going to decline here because he's got all the money, and that's why Devontae Adams isn't up there, and they thought their defense would be a hell of a lot better than it is. But unfortunately, the Bears aren't in position to take advantage of the, the Packers giving away the division right now. And again, I still don't believe that the Vikings are as good as their record. They were down 10 points to Washington last uh, in the fourth quarter last week, and, and Washington let them back in and let them win that game. That said, how important is this game for the Bears? Because they're coming off the great offensive showing against the Dolphins and offensive player of the week, Justin Fields, and all the gaudy numbers. You have you have to build upon that, and I don't know mm-hmm. what that looks like. I mean, I thought that that point total was low, twenty five point five points against this yeah, Detroit that's why defense. I'm taking the over, yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, that's why I'm taking the under. I, I mean, that that seems too good to be true, right? That they're averaging 
last three weeks, 33 points against the Dolphins, 29 and 32. And one of those games was against the, one of the better defenses in Dallas. Why, why wouldn't you be able to better 30 points against Detroit on, on your home turf? Um, but it's very important for Justin Fields and Luke Getze, like you know, Luke was talking about, to tune out the positive noise and all the adulation and, and find a way to build upon that game last week. And, you know, God forbid, the last thing you want to see is the Bears struggle on offense against this defense because that will get the, the naysayers naysaying again. Oh, that yeah, that would throw us in reverse really hard. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the idea that we lost to Miami, but I've not seen the Bears fans, the Bears faithful, so not upset about a loss. Right. And that's what we were talking about. For me, it, I wasn't upset. And you, you saw a lot of people, they weren't upset because they saw tremendous growth from Justin. Right. We, and that's the thing. Every week we have to better what we did before, especially against a team like the Lions. I want to mention before I uh, let too much time go by, Bear fan, Bear fan Bob reached out to me during the week. He is going to be one of the vets holding the American flag for the opening ceremony. Oh, God bless. That's on great. The field. Yeah, isn't that great? He said he will, uh, let me see here, he said he will have a, I believe he said he will have a blue hat on. So if you're watching, you're able to see him. Uh, that's our Bear fan, Bob. He is a, a proud veteran, and uh, again, uh, Veterans Day on Friday, we, we thank all the veterans for everything you have done and continue to do if you are still uh, in, in service. But he had a, of course, he wrote down his thoughts. He's going to have a blue Air Force hat on. Um, he wrote down all his thoughts about the game, and we'll try to work those in, but just wanted to mention about uh, our Bear fan, Bob, beloved around here on ESPN 1000. So, yeah, it's going to – it should be a big day, but how big a day is it going to be? Um, uh, you know, it, it, was, um, it was great to see what Justin did last week. And you're right. He was running for his life at first, but now he's reading the field. And yep. he is really dangerous much more dangerous than we could have imagined six weeks ago. And um, how much does that impact Ryan Pohl's decision-making moving into the offseason? Assuming, again, you're three and six at this point. I saw Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times tweeted out, it's now time for the Bears to start winning games. And I get what he was saying, you know, that they, they, they're great at scoring points in the final two minutes of the first half, but not so great at scoring points in the final two minutes of the game, and, you know, even when they get screwed off a pass interference call, it's obvious to everyone watching that game. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. can – yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, that, I mean, that'll get you losing sleep as a football fan. How how does a ref miss that? How, well, it, it, you know, it's too bad they didn't have the Illini crew, uh, officiating crew, because they called pass interference when there wasn't any all, all day yesterday. And one key possession was Illinois intercepted a ball – when they had the lead and they called it defensive pass interference. So officiating at the college and NFL level still leave, uh, leave a lot to be desired. But, you know, back to the Bears, um, you know, what, what, how do you build upon last week? What do you have to see today against this deep doormat defense of the Detroit Lions? And, um, you know, back to Luke Getze and Justin Fields, uh, is, it, is it those two getting to know each other nine games into the season? Or is it just Justin Fields becoming, you know, the light bulb going on over his head about what it takes to win in the NFL? Or 
some people at the beginning of the season said Luke Getze is the most important man in that at House Hall, and uh, is that proving to be true right now? Because I think right it's now, a little bit of both. Yeah, we can talk about it after the break. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you're heading Soldier Field or uh, getting ready for the game, you want to jump on in with your Bears thoughts. So Xander and Hanley are here for you on ESPN One Thousand. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. During the break, Mark Xander, I checked in on the first NFL game in uh, Munich, Germany. And uh, the first quarter of the first game in Munich, Germany, uh, produced no points. Um, So I'm sure the NFL was very happy. That, <laughs> and Tom that Brady product. was behind the uh, behind center on uh, one of those teams. Well, now the uh, the Tampa's are up fourteen nothing. They started going in the second quarter. Did you know in Munich uh, State on Hofreihaus Eins zwei Zufa? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. in yeah, yeah. <laughs> you been, yeah. You ever been in Munich? No, no. Uh, it's it's on my list. Uh, funny story. Uh, my son just moved to Paris. Really. Yes, yes. We put him on a plane this past Monday, so I have never been to Europe, and I will be going to Europe at some point soon, and um, I'm sure Germany will be part of the plan. So um, is he there for school, for job, uh, because he, he is, likes snails? He is, uh, he is there for his uh, wife's school. Wow. Very he is nice. in school, and he went there, and they have an apartment, and... Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he just got there this past Monday. So I texted him today. And as true uh, Gen Z fashion, uh, when you text a Gen Zer, they'll get back to you when they feel like it. And oh, yeah. uh, now we have, we have seven hours between us, so I haven't heard from him. But I did ask him, the first thing I asked him this morning was, do you have TV yet? If you do, can you watch the game in Germany? Because I'm telling him that the NFL is trying to make inroads, as we know they have been for years, in Europe. And they're playing in Germany today. They played in, uh, the Bears have played in London, certainly. And I'm wondering how much exposure they have to the NFL in uh, France. I, I haven't been able to uh, actually eyeball the game. I was wondering what the attendance looks like and, and what, you know, how, how big the stadium is and did they fill it up. But, um, yeah, one thing about Munich, I mean, it's been a thousand years ago since I've been there, that the Hofbräuhaus House is very nice. I must beer bitte and just keep them coming. Um, and then there was a, this huge park. I've been near, to the House in Rosemont. It's the same thing, but not, not exactly. Um, right. The beer is a lot, uh, it's yeah. much more watered down. Yeah, um, but there's this huge park uh, on the outskirts of Munich, and you're walking around, you're walking around, and you stumble onto uh, what is a nude beach, I think, along a river in the park. And like so many nude beaches, the, the people who are, are naked are the ones that you really don't want to see naked. I know. Ones... And I, I, you know, and you stumbled upon it, right? It wasn't like you were yes. going there to see No, it. no. No, I didn't I, know there was going to be that. in Hawaii, I did the same thing. We're on the beach, and all of a sudden we happened upon a nude beach. It's like, here is everybody you never, ever want to see naked. So the idea of going to a nude beach, if you ever think that that sounds like a great idea, it's, yeah. it lives larger and better in your head, trust me. Yeah, it, it, there's a, uh, in Toronto, you can take uh, uh, the, <laughs> the ferry out to three different islands, you know, like a 15-minute ferry ride, 
And again, one of them at a new beach, and there was actually a yoga class up, uh, like, in front of everybody doing downward oh, dog. And, and you can't unsee that for, like, a week. And <laughs> Well, I'm sorry that you, uh, you have to live with that memory. Yeah, I mean that that you know you just uh, you don't really need to see that. Um, but anyway, back back to the Bears. the The fact <laughs> that Justin Justin nice transition, uh, Justin Fields. Okay, we know he ran all over God's green earth last week, 178 yards, most ever for a quarterback in a regular season game. All terrific because they were mostly planned runs, and you know there's no stopping him once he gets lathered up. The idea that he's only passed for more than 200 yards once this season and five times in his career. Is that how we judge? You know, when you start looking at the Detroit defense here and they are 29th in passing yards allowed per game at 268.5, you got to eclipse 200 today. Is that too, too much to I ask for? No, no, no. I would agree. This is the time to do it. Certainly it is building upon week to week to week. And now we see Justin has confidence. We have a Chase Claypool now. And and given what you just told us about the Lions, today is the day they have to do that. They have to force that. There have to be there has to be a great amount of plays that'll get Justin to be able to identify uh you know, who's open, identify the defense and make it happen. This would be the chance, right? I mean, there's no other way to look at it. And and I just wonder if you're Luke Etsy, and again, you, you say you're tuning out all the noise, but when you script your first 15, 20 plays, whatever the number is that the Bears script, do they do they hit them in the mouth and you know dial up a uh, a home run play or two right away in within that 15, 20 plays and go deep and let them know that you know one to give Justin the confidence that you get it done early and you can maybe do it all afternoon, or mm-hmm. are you more conservative and just you know throw uh, screens and play action and RPOs and and let them run when the the opportunity presents itself, I would love to see them just dial it up, go downfield, and and get Detroit. Detroit's probably coming in thinking they got to stop Justin Fields from running right now, first first and foremost. I mm-hmm. want to see him opening up. And he says he, he he always believes he can make the big play. Uh, well, coming off that confidence builder last week of making big plays, start making them through the air now. That That's what I'd yep. like to see. I'd like to see it early and often today. Yeah, I can't imagine anybody else would feel different if they're watching what we're watching, right? In, in that Justin has, it looks like he has a whole bunch of confidence now. This kid looks so much different than he did five, six weeks ago. And, uh, again, this would be the day. Um, you know, whether it's the Lions or not, I still think this is the day. But we have yeah. the Lions, and as you said, they give up a lot of yards. Uh, in the passing game, so yeah, let's let's do this and 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 let's fight through any kind of yeah you know situations that don't really work out. Don't change the game plan necessarily just because maybe uh, uh, an attempt early in the game didn't work out. He's got to force his way like like any like like pitchers, right? You got to pitch through trouble like a quarterback. You've got to find a way to make those adjustments and maybe not change the game because today against the Lions, we have to see it in the air early and often. And, and as much as I want to see uh, well over 200 yards passing, and I want to see it early, uh, early on, not because mm-hmm. God forbid the trailing and you have to, you're passing because you're trying to, to catch up here against the Lions. Or, as you said, coming off that big win at Green Bay, I don't know how big a win it is anymore because they have had a five game losing streak. The Packers have, and they're only averaging 17 points, but for Detroit, 
It's sitting there at, at two and six, I believe. Um, yeah, it's a big win, right? They, well, it was huge for them, huge for them and their yeah. families. Right. So, I mean, I, when when they show up here and it is an indoor team, it's not exactly the Dolphins coming up to sub zero, sub freezing weather. Um, but it's going to be around 31, 32 degrees here. And, and we've had a, a nice balmy uh, start to November, and then it took a turn on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. But they come from, you know, nice, pleasant temperatures up in Green Bay to their first taste of cold weather this year. And I wonder how happy they're going to be about running around Soldier Field. Um, and maybe they're coming off a high in Green Bay, and, and they'll not that you need to catch them napping a little bit, but – um, the fact that Vegas only has Justin Fields at 175.5 yards passing today really had me scratching my head. I mean, you would think that, that I guess, beginning of the season we were talking about it, he was around like 160, 157. So mm-hmm. they've, upped the, they've upped the total, but they're not anywhere near 200. And that's got to be something he's, he has to start shooting for on a week-in, week-out Right, uh, right. And, 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 well, you know, uh, it, it seems like they are obviously not basing it on the potential as much as they are what they've already seen from him. But this is where, you know, if he can put together uh, Luke Etsy, you know, he can put the, put the plays to the quarterback and, and Justin can execute, this, a game like today could show everybody, well, you thought Justin can run, and obviously he can when he needs to, especially on the plays where they're designed that way. He starts making completions. Uh, even though it's get, uh, against the Lions, you're going to get uh, the teams that we're going to play really guessing because you're right, the Lions have prepared to stop him from running. 312-332-3776. What do you think happens at Soldier Field today? Bears are a three-point favorite. And uh, that seems a little low for me, too. I, I just it does. It does. Everything, everything Vegas is posting is is – when I look at it, I'm like, well, that should be like four and a half, five points. That I mean, I know they only have one more win than Detroit, but that's most home teams get three points just because. Um, it's just the, the the passing total seems low to me. The total points seems low to me. And I, I don't know what odds they, – they don't just make up these numbers out of whole cloth. They try to balance the money. And when it looks too good to be true, it usually is. But we'll come back and talk about it after the break and check in on our Twitter polls, get you ready for the Bears pregame with Jeff and Dion. We'll do that right here on ESPN 1000. Xander and Hanley here till top of the hour. Then it's Jeff and Dion. And check them out if you're down around Crestwood. Check out the Points Bet Sportsbook. They will be there live for the pregame show on ESPN 1000 from 10 until uh, kickoff. And, uh, Mark, I, I, we've been putting this off, but I suppose we have to talk Bears defense at some point. Um, you know, Patrick Finley in the Sun-Times wrote, now the, they have, the Bears have to start winning or Justin Fields has to start winning. I'm not so sure that's, one, necessarily true because I think you'd still want to see him develop and also have a mm-hmm. high draft pick um, because of the, the losing record. But given what the defense can't do, I'm not so sure how much winning is in the equation, no matter how great the offense is. The, you know, the Bears defense can't stop anybody doing anything, and they can't, they can't stop anyone on third down. Uh, they're 31st in the league uh, right now in allowing offenses to convert on third down. And last week, as great as the offense was, 
Um, no sacks, no takeaways, no Robert Quinn, um, no uh, Roquan. And I guess, I mean, I don't see how it gets much better moving forward. Um, sometimes uh, want to can get you a, a pick or two or force a fumble. Um, but right now this defense isn't very good. And no matter how good the offense is, I don't know how many wins that translates from here to the end of the season. Exactly right. I mean, look, the, the development of Justin is first and foremost. And even if he has a good game, defense, which has not really been, uh, and, uh, you know, the main issue, I can't remember when the last time it was in Bears history. I mean, we've always been known for defense. You're right. I mean, uh, you know, there are some players, uh, Brisker, uh, fun to watch, but he, he can't do it all. We traded Quinn. We traded Smith. And good for good reasons, for good reasons. Yes. But yeah, I, I don't think wins are going to happen. And if they do, you know, it's it's going to mean defense has to step up. And and you know, it's been it's been a long time since that's been the case because we've had the defense, so we're always looking to the offense to take a step forward. Well, we're seeing the offense do that, and and meanwhile, the defense is taking a step backwards. So again, this season is not about winning. It's about developing Justin, and I, and I know that there, you know, Patrick Finley, as you mentioned, said it's it's time to start winning. Well, that would be good, but I'm not sure how you get any better on defense at this point in the year after trading away who we who we have traded away, but we did it for good reason for the future, right? Yeah, I think you you and I d- definitely agreed that uh, moving Roquan was probably the right thing to do at this time instead of getting mm-hmm. a compensatory pick, and you weren't going to sign him, so. Ryan Poles knew there was no middle ground, so I had no problem trading for what you traded him for. And but I didn't see picking up Chase uh, Chase Claypool, and I was very happy to see him, uh, you know, spend a second round pick to try to get Justin Fields some help. And hopefully, we see more of Chase Claypool today, as we were talking about earlier. But with the defense giving up seventy points and eight hundred and twenty-one yards in the last two losses, um, I don't know how you start um, evaluating. Uh, Allen Williams as a defensive coordinator, I don't think he can this year, right? I mean, it's he's got to keep that group together, even though there's no star power there, and the numbers are going to be ugly. But you've got to make sure that the the morale, the want to, uh, you know, that they don't get sloppy, they don't start making, you know, uh, start committing penalties. You want to, as bad as they might be talent wise, you want to see the the defensive coordinator keep that together best he can right now. Yeah, you're right. We were heading into the season wondering if we could evaluate Justin based on the fact that the uh, offensive line isn't what it needs to be, right? So how quickly the dialogue changes. Now we're wondering yeah. if we could you know, really give an evaluation to Williams, our uh, defensive coordinator, based on the trades that we've made recently. And, and it is going to expose... The defense. I mean, we, we traded some pretty big players uh, for for the future, which again I agree on. And 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 this team this year is not about winning; it's about developing. And yes, on that side of the ball, they are going to have to keep it together and have a great off season and adding assets because we may be I don't know two years away. I, I think next year will look at as it should a lot better than it does this year. But we're seeing the main ingredient, and that would be Justin Fields. And hopefully today we don't give up too much and we can have Justin airing it out.
uh, successfully. And Brad Biggs wrote in the Tribune this week, you know, it's an interesting point, and now with the, uh, the, the Green Bay Packers in full decline and looking like it's not going to get better anytime soon, and he's got, what, a guaranteed $53 million next year, so they, they uh, he's still getting paid even though his game is declining. Um, Big, Brad Biggs wrote the, the, the rest of the teams in the division, Minnesota, uh, Detroit, uh, who has, you know, Jared Goff, and obviously Justin here, the, it looks like the Bears have the best young quarterback, no doubt, in the division. But does Detroit go ahead and draft a young quarterback, a quarterback in the offseason and move on from Jared Goff? Um, and as much as Kirk Cousins has the Vikings sitting there with the one loss to this point, he's 34. Um, do they start spending some draft capital at quarterback? And, and Brad Big's point was, the the first team of those three that gets the real deal, and again, Justin Fields is the leader in the clubhouse right now because of, of what we've seen in the last three weeks in particular and because of his experience. Um, the, the team that actually finds that guy first and and everyone knows it, everyone sees it around the league, they will be the team that starts controlling the North for years to come. And at the beginning of the year, did anyone – think that was even going to be a conversation as long as Aaron Rodgers was sticking around in Green Bay. And it just shows you how fragile this whole thing is, that the the yeah. Packers have – they can't score, they can't keep the ball, and they, um, they're averaging 17 points a game, and they have their first five-game losing streak since Aaron Rodgers was a rookie. So it's – I think 25% of the teams in the league can go from the uh, outhouse to the penthouse from last place to a playoff team on any given year. So does Ryan Poles look at what's going on up north and decide that he can be much more aggressive and and start considering, you know, being a division contender within the next year or two mm-hmm. before because when he started here, Mark, you know, he he didn't want to put a timeline on it. And he basically told everyone it's going to take a lot of time. But does he have does he have to accelerate things now that the door is open because the Packers don't look like they're they're not good this year and it looks like they might not be good next year. Right. Uh, yeah, I would imagine he didn't want to put a timeline on it because uh, you know if you paint yourself in the corner, then everybody knows where you're at. But the we, uh, idea that uh, you know Aaron Rodgers, we didn't know when that would start declining. It certainly does look like things are declining. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know it. it if if it if it walks like a duck and and uh, you know <laughs> looks like a duck, it's it's a duck, right? And and yep. so so and, and I've got Packer fans that are saying, ah, you know what? It's just a bad streak. He's going to catch a gear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it remains to be seen, but it does not look it does not look good. And yes, I would imagine Ryan Poles is very uh, you know very attuned to what is happening with Green Bay. I mean, it, you know, we've had how, how many people come in and say, ah, you know, Green Bay is not our focus. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I don't care what you say. If you're a Bears fan and if you want to be in touch with the way Bears fans feel, Green Bay is definitely a focus. Obviously, gonna... Minnesota is, is the division leader this year, but I don't think that that's destined to last for years and, and like you said you know maybe they'll move on from cousins or start developing i mean they have to right he's well into his 30s so so the idea of uh, of ryan poles recognizing the opportunity 
Absolutely. And we know, we've been told that they have a lot of money to spend in the offseason. More than $100 million bucks, and we'll see how uh-huh. that plays out. Uh-huh. And then now, we'll now, that's when we're going to grade Ryan Poles to see if he is spending intelligently. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on and uh, make room for Jeff and Dion with the pregame show here on ESPN 1000. We'll be back next weekend. Charlie Bevins, thanks for producing today. Have thanks, a great Charlie. game. Enjoy the game today, and uh, keep it right here on ESPN 1000.